gotta be creative with this episode because there is a billion reviews of this album on YouTube and all that. Like every little metalhead in the world has reviewed this album, which is fine. We could do our own spin on it. It's epic. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not worried about other people. We that's our tagline. We don't know shit. That's part of the show. It's uh, <laughs> we don't know shit. See, and that's exactly <laughs> where I'm going to start it. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our episode on Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Iron. Released in 84? <laughs> 82. I didn't actually write any of that down. Jesus. <laughs> I should let you do the spreadsheets, always. Yeah, I'm the stats guy. You know that. <laughs> yeah, so this is episode 14 of B-Side ourselves we are doing an album retrospective of the incredible the number of the beast uh iron maidens album from 1982 cheers boys and we have what are you drinking uh, both of you because everyone uh, had something oh. I, i'm I, drinking I that. oh you <laughs> labat i'm yeah. drinking unity vibrations kombucha beer bourbon and peach oh I've been Josh having uh, a little too much hot slam lately, so I'm trying to I, not, I, not do that as often. As someone who's been on a uh, live stream with you a couple times uh, recently, uh, when you were hop slammed, I'm glad that you're labatting tonight. I don't want to <laughs> lose. I don't want to lose you like towards the end. So no, I uh, I wholeheartedly thought about that. <laughs> Just so you know, <laughs> I, so, yeah, I totally can't, interrupted. Can't that. No, it's Josh. okay. That's the, hey, that's say? the nature of that's the nature of the show is uh, constantly just going off track for uh, the the listeners' entertainment. Um, and those dulcet tones that you heard talking about Labatt Blue are our guest today, the uh, incomparable, incredible guitarist, bassist, musician extraordinaire, Doug Love. I don't know hey, if we're going. I, I, we actually put your last name on the the the, the art, and then I thought, oh, you kind of have like a a stage presence too. Like oh a stage shit! Presence. And I already made that art; it's beautiful. I drew it. Uh, I uh, I mean, I'm here for it. It's <laughs> All right. uh, more along the lines. It's just a really kind of silly nickname that uh, I just changed my Facebook name because I didn't want people to actually find me, and then people started calling me it, and I was like, "All right, well." Whatever. You worked yourself into a shoot, as they say in wrestling. What's funny yeah. about that is before the podcast, I was like, do I know this guy? And I Facebook searched you by your real name and only found like a very young looking guy at like shows. I was like, this doesn't seem like the guy that's on the podcast. <laughs> it's an old one. Yeah. Um, so D- Doug is on today. Um well, Doug is one of one of many of my friends who know a ton about music, but Doug is actually the person that got me into Iron Maiden, um, like literally middle of last year, late last year. Um, so you're the perfect person to be on this episode. Um, yeah, so that's why you're here. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I didn't have anything there. better to say after that. So. Mm-hmm. Really is that your me. is that your history on the album there? Because huh? you know how you said we have personal histories normally. <laughs> um, well, no, my personal history was going to go. I actually didn't type it up, but it, my personal history was is like slightly more involved than that. But 
Um, do we want to do we want to do personal history first? first? Yeah, go for it, Doug. Yeah. Um, so this actually this uh, album, ironically enough, literally the very first record I ever got. Oh wow! And I was very young, and uh, uh, my grandpa had just passed away, and we went to his house to go clean some stuff out. And my mom found her old Iron Maiden record, and she was like, "Yeah, you can have this." And then you know, I'm just a kid looking at it, and I was like, "Whoa." This is so cool because I have like ACDC and I was really into a lot of this. And then like started getting into Iron Man. I mean, the out, the record didn't work. It scratched the shit. It, it still <laughs> this day doesn't work. But I, I it still means a lot to me. I mean, I went and, you know, just started listening to it. Like it had CDs or whatever. But yeah. So it's my little fun fact. Nice. Danny? Uh, mine's kind of short. Back yeah. in high school when I got into like the Slipknot, Drake Hill Logic phase of my life, like a metal friend was like, oh, you need to listen to like actual. And he he like made me a mix of Motorhead mm. and some of like Iron Maiden. So at the time I was like, oh, this is wonderful. And that's my introduction to Iron Maiden. <laughs> it's not like an epic story like that. It's just like a friend made me a mix after he realized I was getting into metal slowly. My... Yeah. I always I can't separate Motorhead from wrestling though because of Triple H's theme song. Oh, thank God! I they've, can. They they record <laughs> they've recorded three different theme songs for him, like one for him, one and then one for two different factions he was in. So he has like three different like killer Motorhead theme songs, which are they're all sweet. Like it's I, not yeah, all just Ace of Spades. No, 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 no. The, <laughs> like he has like specific songs like you know hmm. like let me go it's time to play the game like yeah i know it's a whole thing so i mean it's better yeah. than limp biscuit being your rollout song hey man i said this before <laughs> in 1999 you couldn't really do a whole lot better than rolling as your theme song like that's pretty like it's true. say what you will about it now in 1999 that was like that's that was the it was the king of the mountain like New metal was had a firm chokehold on the radio at that time. So what? I definitely respected the Undertaker as a child. Yeah, <laughs> all forms, all every time he was around, whether all he was forms. on a bike or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, my it's kind of funny. Like I haven't really liked like harder music. Uh, the majority, like I like I like rock, but I didn't really get into anything that was like metal e besides you know stuff that maybe stuff that was on the radio maybe like some like any like 90s metallica hits or whatever um and but ghost actually opened me up to this doorway of like what stuff that like is thematically and like visually hard but also has like enough like pop sensibilities or like melody that like hard but not too hard like hard but not hardcore um and so so like then i kind of went on i started listening to like older older stuff and i actually is and mike and doug both are have like kind of sherpa that um like re re ignited my love of like 70s and 80s rock so um it's actually this is actually great i'm i'm sitting on this stream with two 
people that are very much responsible for helping me like develop my uh, develop or like explore my tastes in music as an adult. So it's <laughs> like like the the early years and the present are both here but between you and, and Doug. Um, um, hey, Doug, do you want to tell your um, actually? Bef- so before we get into stat sheet, um, unless you had a better place for it and I'll pull this out if if um, you do. Do you want to tell your your story about about Steve Harris, your personal story in in the beginning, or do you have a better place where you're going to put that? No, I I, I'll, I can do it now. You have a story with Steve Harris? Kinda. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's more than we have, so yeah. I know it. So uh, my first like job I had, I was valeting cars, and I was valeting this hotel in uh, Mount Clemens. And uh, Steve Harris was in another band at the time, and they played, I'm guessing, the Hayloft. And then they were staying at this hotel, so they pulled up, and I waited there. And then he just kept walking, and he had his cane, and he was just walked right by me, and I was trying to call. I was trying to say, like, hey, Iron Maiden, blah, 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 I want to talk to you. But then the rest of the band said that uh, he was pretty much deaf, and he wasn't, he didn't hear me, and there's not a chance that he would be, he would hear me if i wanted to talk to him so uh they all offered me their autographs but they were like none of us are iron maiden i said i'm good thanks anyway though (laughs) oh that's the fun i was within touching distance of steve harris but he just uh they're like yeah he never wears earplugs so he doesn't hear really a whole lot unless that was just him just being like fuck you kid (laughs) Or he just he lets everyone know that he can't hear, so then he has like plausible deniability. Um, like any time someone's trying to get a hold of him, oh, I didn't, I must not have heard them. That's funny. I, you know, I, yeah, no, I think you count those. Uh, I, I got, I got within touching distance of Arnold Schwarzenegger when I was at the fr- the first time we were at the Arnold, and I got boxed out by a, by a, um, a guy in a basketball, uh, mascot, thing. So. That's a big mascot. I got very close to getting my picture taken with uh, one of the greatest action stars of the 80s and 90s. So That is pretty sweet. That's a cool story. Yeah, so. Um, okay, stat sheet. Uh, this album, it's uh, Iron Maiden's third studio album. It was released on March 22nd, 1982. It's their first album with vocalist Bruce Dickinson. Uh, uh, maybe you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it was uh, number one on the UK albums chart. It went platinum in the UK. Uh, it was number thir- it peaked at number thirty-three on the US chart. Uh, went platinum here as well. Uh, singles uh, were "Run to the Hills" and "Number of the Beast." And the two singles uh, debuted at the U- UK singles chart. Uh, number seven for "Run to the Hills" and number eighteen for "Number of the Beast." Run Stat. for Damn. the hills. Rock and roll. Yeah. That's, um, it's wild that, uh, I, I guess I don't know what was really ruling the roost in the UK in the 80s. Maybe metal was, um, just, you don't really necessarily hear about like albums like this, like hitting number one anywhere, just regardless of how good they are, just a genre thing. Yeah. Right? Like, so that's really cool. I was, let me say, I'm going to take a moment here to say I would be, I'm a huge fan of the new bomb or whatever it's called, the new wave of British heavy metal. Like when it comes to American metal that was coming out at this time, I'm not a fan. I don't mind it, but I'm not a fan. But like Samson, Motorhead, Judas Priest, Iron yeah. Maiden, 
I like all that. I like some ACDC. I'm not a big fan of Metallica. So like I would not be in the American metal crew, but I do think I would rock with these British metal crews. <laughs> Can I, I, I want to make one, um, one caveat to that, that I think that you should make what Ronnie James Dio. He's no. American. He's American. I know, but I'm not the bit. I mean, I don't mind Dio. You I'm okay? You get off this podcast Dio. right now and listen to Holy <laughs> Diver. Right? The whole album. It's so good. Holy Diver. And no, that's a really solid album, though. It's such a good album. And I think that also came out in '82. Anyway, so yeah, but you know, he was in Sabbath, which is a British band. So it's like you know, it's all. It's all. all it's close. It's close as you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Madonna. Oh boy. When you just move move out there, and then you just get an accent and say that you're a citizen or whatever. I've been trying to move out of Detroit to the UK to get the accent, become famous like her, and it does not. It's not cheap. You got, <laughs> no, you got a couple more hit singles than she's had. A couple <laughs> more hit singles than you. I think Fuck. that's the difference. That's where I failed. Maybe start doing that. Uh, that whatever that is she does the meditation or kabbalah whatever it is i'm, good. I'm drinking yeah. kombucha let's see there you go <laughs> close enough on your yeah. way you're on your way watch out madonna here i come <laughs> um so the other thing about this album is that it, it it is and i think we've kind of already made this known but there is it's it's on like any list of like best metal albums best metal songs most influential etc etc like it's on all of those lists in any like magazine or website that does them like they're you know this is it's this is a big this is a big deal this is a sliver away from being the perfect album and i will tell you when that sliver happens (laughs) okay Uh oh just a sliver because it's it it's might, still a pretty fucking perfect album, but I was about to say I might um I might agree with you. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe we'll agree on the spot. Alright, so let's go through it. Track one, Invaders. I think you meant Invaders. In- <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, love I love how the album just starts with the just right off the bat, like trying to punch through the snare the second this album starts. You know right away you're getting kicked in the face, and it's, it's a not killer. gonna stop. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a killer opening track. Just the first like instant, I'm like, oh my god. And that sure. guitar solo at two minutes and thirty seconds is one of my favorites on the album. Oh yeah, that's um. I literally I even said like in my notes, it says guitar solo that melts your face. Seriously. <laughs> and Steve Alpha, Harris's um, bass line on this album. Oh my Whew. god. Steve Harris, and literally his face, like, mm, just through the whole fucking song. It just felt weak in my knees. I feel like I just wasn't even worthy of standing. Like, Chef's I feel like kiss. I just had to, yeah. Uh, and we, then, say Doug, uh, we say Doug's kiss in my circle of friends because Doug is also a chef. Oh, okay. Doug's kiss. Oh, and by, of, I mean, really. by, I just me. It's just me that says it. <laughs> I appreciate you. But a uh, big like right in the, there's that big transition and the just starts the drummer starts going on the ride just changes even more and just like oh man here we go. <laughs> you know what's wild is that like Steve didn't Steve Harris didn't think that the song was good enough like that he he would have put something better on there but they 
they like were rushing to make the album, so they didn't have time to replace it, and they just left it on. Skid Harris didn't take shit from anybody, and I can't respect the hell out of him for that. <laughs> well, just, it's just wild because I, I mean, I really like this song, so I'm, it's wild to think that he's thinking it's one of the weaker, or the weakest song on the album. So I know I'm definitely gonna have to disagree with that. I agree, disagree too. <laughs> yeah. Come uh, so, so just to just to touch, I I agree with everything you guys have said about the like the instrumentation and stuff, but the. I love the the way that Bruce says invaders on the chorus. And yeah, I'm going to just refer to everyone by their first names because it's easier. Um, Heard. No, well, while, we're, while we're at it, let's take here. a quick second here, Josh. I want to know what your opinion of Bruce versus Paul is, the original singer from the first two albums. Um, I don't have an opinion. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Honestly, I'm a big Killers <laughs> fan too, so like, that that album is, I don't even like I don't like that. Those two, literally, these two albums are toss. I, that's why, like, I like I, I like kind of really like their slight differences um, in the vocals because they're still both really intense. But Killers is a, is a really really phenomenal album. And oh, it is. It just, uh, I mean, it just makes this one that much better. And that even that like the Steve Harris, like I said, could just kick someone out and say, yeah, I'm gonna find someone else, and still. <laughs> Make another fucking sick album. I do think Paul's contribution to the band was very punk. Like he had that voice gruff. Like it almost it's still metal, but it had like a punk feel to it. Yeah, it's definitely Bruce's. Yeah, way more. Like this is like you think eighties metal. Yeah, like this. Yeah. When I look at him, I look at like like my favorite Misfits singer is Michael Graves, which pisses a lot of people off. Like I like his two albums of the misfits. I don't mind the rest of the misfits, but it's like, but it's a complete night and day difference with the singers, like versus, you know, I've never really gotten into a, a whole lot of the misfits other than a lot of the Danzig stuff. I mean, I've listened to a lot of the misfits, but I mean, maybe I have, I, I couldn't really tell you off the top of my head though. Well, he did. I Michael Graves saying, no, you're good. Michael Graves saying on famous monsters and American psycho. And they're also okay. very like theatrical, gothy yeah. punk versus like, Danzig, which I like Danzig, and I like well, I like Danzig and Misfits. <laughs> yeah, but I just, uh, that's why I, I was I'm just say, trying to make solo it. Danzig. <laughs> I like some. I like solo Danzig too. I mean, he's I don't just mind. Pretty. He just was a very interesting human being. Yes. What are your thoughts on the Elvis cover album? I, I didn't know that existed, but I will check I honestly it out haven't now. Listened to it, but I heard I heard it was pretty good. I heard that uh, he did a decent job, but I, I feel like he's got the right vo- voice for something like that. I I, I think it, I haven't heard it either. I just knew it was happening. So do you need to do a live? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, unfortunately, I like I said, I've, I've only been into I've only I'm, I'm still a baby in my iron uh, mate. This is my iron maiden voyage. So um, I'm I don't see I it's wordplay maiden voyage. I'm just starting in hmm. my. Iron Maiden fandom, so I don't know a whole <laughs> lot of. Uh, actually, so I just while you guys were talking, I looked at the track listing of the first two albums, and I, I don't think I know any of those songs. So, I knew, oh, a, I knew a little bit of Killers from the past. Killers didn't have, yeah, it didn't have like it wasn't. I mean, this album had like you know had singles. It had it was like I don't know this this album was way more just intense. I I, I don't really know what to say. I guess, but big Killers fans though. My journey with this was after I realized how much I like Bruce's voice, like overhearing this, I went and I bought a Samson album, 
like his the biggest one by Samson, his original band. Yeah, I fucking love that album. Oh yeah, I'll check so, out some Samson then. I've just came become a bigger fan of Bruce Dickinson than before. Speaking of speaking of Samson, um, he was actually in a legal dispute with them, and apparently he helped write a bunch of the songs on this album, but didn't get a writing credit because of the whatever the legal dispute that he was still in with Samson. So, damn. Something I read during my research. Not I, really sure. I know, that. yeah. I know that it's kind of crazy that literally a lot of these songs are literally just credited to Steve Harris, which I thought was a little interesting. But, you know, I mean, I guess when you're calling the shots, you're calling the shots sometimes, huh? <laughs> yeah. Basically, well, you know, they tried to argue with him, but he just, he didn't hear them. So, what I got, <laughs> he, just, he just ignored them. What I got from watching the documentaries before this was. If it's a long song, it's most likely Steve Harris wrote most of the parts, like drums, mm-hmm. guitar, bass, everything, because he would bring songs that were long that he created. But the short songs are stuff that they did together in the studio. It's just like, oh, that sounds sick. Oh, that sounds sick. Oh, let's make a song of this. <laughs> so that's what I, I mean, that may not be true, but from what I was watching, it felt like that's what was going on. I mean, I would believe that. That sounds, that sounds, like, that sounds cool. All right, track two, Children hold of the on, Hold on, hold on, hold oh, on, hold on, hold on. We got to go back to Invaders. I just wanted to say that oh. I thought I, um, well, no, I, so we, we got off track, and I um, I just wanted to say that I uh, I love a song about Vikings attacking Saxons. That's that's Yeah, cool. oh, yeah, Someone, we didn't say anything about that. It's literally yeah. about fucking, yeah, it's about fucking Vikings. Like, how, how more <laughs> fucking intense can you really get? Yeah, so... Um, I feel like they put, need to put a disclaimer on the title, Invaders, this song's about Vikings, because at the end of the song, where they're like, they rape and pillage, like some, yeah. someone PC is well, not going to like that, but it's a Viking. That's what yeah, they did. No, I mean, yeah, that's literally all they did. <laughs> <laughs> just that's, That was kind of just on their, their little list of things to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't realize that's what it was about the first on the first listen, and then I like when I looked up the lyrics, I was like, oh, cool. Like, Yeah, it says right in there, like, some of the lyrics are like about the Nordic and everything. They're just like, yeah, they just pretty much just say everything except the word Viking. <laughs> All right. Can we, can we go to the next yes, track? Yes, please go. Track to child children of the damned. I want to start here by saying I'm a terrible horror fan because I, am, Oh yes. I love village of the dam, both the remake and the 1960s version. I have never watched the 1964 sequel children of the dam that the song is based off of. And I feel like a giant piece of shit. I need to watch. No, that I movie. haven't seen it either. I know that they wanted to get, um, like a bunch of horror. Oh, I guess we can talk about that later. But like, they wanted to get people, like, like horror people, like, to talk on a lot of these tracks. Yeah. Um. Well, I. Oh. I said that even even beyond that, the, those b- movies are uh, are like adapted from uh, a novel too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was time for books. <laughs> Yeah, Josh, who reads every Star Wars book that comes out. Hey man, the novelization. Hey man, I get him. I get him early to review them on my other podcasts. So, so yeah, I, I this was a longer one, but like, so I, I how I thought it sounded like is it initially kind of almost started sounding like a power ballad, like yeah <laughs> at first, but then right around like three minutes, like the tempo yes. increases and it don't even it's not even the same song. It's just like where they're just now they're just kicking your ass. Yeah, I, I actually wasn't really three sure. minutes. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure at the start. I was like, oh, I don't know. This like this might be the. So this is one of the songs I hadn't. I, I didn't. I 
hadn't heard or hadn't heard very much before. Wasn't like super familiar with it. And I'm like listening to it and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about because like I feel I feel like Bruce's vocals are too intense for like a really slow song. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like if the instrumentation is like really mellow and he's just like, yeah. Well, it, it works on the chorus though. Like on the chorus when he's screaming over the riff, like that's cool. But uh, in the just when he's like singing the verses, I was like, oh, I don't know. But then yeah, it picks up, and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm here for this. This is uh, okay. Yeah, you got to build up to it. It's fine. Yeah, they build up that three minute mark though, and then they just take you on a ride. I I love it that towards the end where he's like doing like he's like ooing and eyeing along with the the riff, like bef- mm-hmm. like right before the outro. Like that's that a really cool cool. little. Yeah, I can appreciate some vocal harmonies, especially with the instruments. That's really, that's a cool feature. I'm here for it. Next track. You guys ready? You got any more? Danny, I have a question for you. Yeah, go Uh ahead. Um, Are you a free man? (laughs) (laughs) I am not a number. I am a free man. Do you know? Oh, yeah, this is track three, The Prisoner. Do you know how they got that, that quote? Why don't you tell um, us? So I watched in this documentary I watched this morning about it. The Their manager sat in the office with them and they called Patrick McGowan from the British sci-fi TV show The Prisoner, which is what they got it from. And he was all, the, ner- the manager was all nervous and sweaty. He was like freaking out because he was afraid he was going to say no. And he even screwed up like the quote when he was asking him about it. Hmm. And then, of course, Patrick's like, yeah, go ahead, use it. And when he got off the phone, like, I guess Steve Harris was like, why were you so nervous? He's like, I was actually, or I was talking to a real celebrity and it pissed off the rest of the band because, you know, they're celebrities. So but, the, ah. the, the quote I have is a real bona fide superstar. Actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you already saw that. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know. You might have had more detail from the from the. Uh... The documentary than me. This was so just that's... me drinking and writing it down on a sheet of paper. So you actually found the quote. I'll go with it. What was the name of the band? You what was the name? You say a rock band? You say do it. That's that's the quote they gave for <laughs> what uh, uh, Patrick McGowan said. Yeah, <laughs> that that's really cool. And they also they also say they don't write political songs. I know this doesn't really. It's supposed to be about the TV show The Prisoner because they're fans or whatever or the concept of The Prisoner. But this really feels like it could be used in like as like a political song, like strong voice against falling in line, obstructing the patriarchy and like, I'm not a number. Yeah, no, this song. I I don't I don't know. Was it a single? I don't think it was a single, but it was not a single. It it could have. This is I think just the chorus in itself is literally one of the like really catchier choruses. Yeah, agreed. Um, Uh, Like. Uh, I don't know. I just I feel like this one it totally could have been a single. It's a really I really 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 appreciate this song. Um, the lyrics. Uh, I mean, the music. Uh, like the like in the middle where they start doing like the tapping stuff, and it almost sounds like it's gonna fall apart. But it's like just sounds like evil almost, and then they resolve it into this like major sounding tapping, and then the drums start hitting, and just keeps like leading and then they just start getting some fucking bass kicks and then the guitar is still <laughs> ripping and i'm like oh my god and this is another song too that steve harris just fucking punches you in the face too just like bass is kicking through this song yeah i did write the bass is amazing in this one yeah that's also one of my have... favorite songs on the album it is your favorite one of your favorites 
Yeah, I I I really I, I don't know. I really like the song. Do you get do you guys know are the, the 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 guitar solos are they like is it like Adrian and Dave like dueling like the two the guitars? The longer ones. Usually okay. they do switch, but uh I I don't I don't really know if uh I mean I wouldn't be able to tell you who was who off the top of my head like like oh he did that one or Oh yeah, like, no, I just meant were they were they switching on and off as, you know. Yeah, they Sometimes, they both shred. Like when that there's a rhythm guitar versus a what was the other one? <laughs> Yeah. The lead? Yeah, lead guitarist. And then <laughs> leads do all the guitar solos. Yeah, no, they're both they're both shred. Okay. You can look That's... at some live videos probably and just see them both just tossing solos back and forth through each other. Have you ever I, I would uh, I want to see them live back in the day, back when they had Eddie come out on stage or jump I... out as a mummy. There was I'm a time so not mad. that long ago where yeah, I didn't go and I'm still that's really upset at myself for it. I am too. They 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 uh, they tour. One of the last times they toured, Ghost opened for them. <gasps> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's your one of your dream lineups. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm like stupid. Like, get into music earlier than you do. <laughs> I wanted to say this is um well another fact from this is that they actually did another song about that show on Power Slave. Uh, it's called Back in the Village. That one is also about the prisoner. Man, TV show. show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I, I have to admit that uh, the the beginning of this always makes me think of Austin Powers when he's yeah. like, who does number <laughs> two work for? Yeah. yeah. You get those vibes. <laughs> Track you are number six. Track four. 22 Akeshav Avenue. This is Iron Maiden's version of Roxanne. <laughs> uh, yep. Shit. That is a great comparison. I never thought about yeah. that. I got it. I'm going to make you mind. an honest woman, Charlotte. Do you know? This is the this second song a... in the Charlotte the Harlot saga. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, this was originally written by him, Steve Harris, in his earlier bands called Charlotte the Harlot. And then this oh, came I thought it was that. written by Adrian Smith. No? Well, not from what I saw, so maybe you're right. Oh. Sure. We don't know shit, remember? <laughs> so the thing that I go. okay, so what Great. I have says, um, Acadia twenty two Acadia Acadia Avenue is the second song in the Charlotte the Harlot saga, which was originally written by Adrian Smith several years early earlier while playing in his old band Urchin. According to Smith, Steve Harris remembered hearing the song at an Urchin concert at a local park and modified it for use in Number of the Beast. Okay, that makes sense. Damn, that's a cool fact. So do yeah, you think the song? I think it's pretty cool. I I really like in the middle, like like the it's around like three forty five. Like it kind of like turns into like like bluesy psychedelic kind of vibes, and like you don't really hear that uh, really anywhere else on the album. I mean a little bit, but like feel like it's kind of like you know right in the middle of everything. So it's kind of like they just throw in some you know some chill vibes for a minute. I also feel like Steve Harris. I'm like I, I, I feel like the bass wasn't like super prominent in this song. No, like I, I don't know. I wasn't getting kicked in my ear holes as much as I wanted to. I did like the guitar solo like towards the end. It's pretty good. I think the song slaps. I don't know if the song would survive in today's culture if it came out right now. Even nope, with the sex uh... positive advocates, like yes, like maybe people are really into that BDSM 
but we I don't know. It's just very like they, they definitely treat this woman poorly, but I don't know if she had consent. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's the I was uh I mean like in my notes I was like this is some this is just blatantly about prostitution, huh? Yeah. And treating the prostitute terribly. Yeah, and yeah, just not being cool about it either. I thought and, it was uh, about like saving her from her life of vice. Oh, are you sure? You well, saying way? like I want to take you from that, but this is what people are doing. Wow. Oh. I could be wrong. I don't know. I didn't write it. I mean, the songs are about like I want to bite you, I want to tear into you, I want to destroy you. It's, I mean, I think he at one point they just beta. <laughs> yeah. Like they literally just say that. Beta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a fun song, it, lyrically <laughs> not the same, but the actual music of it's a fun song. I'm, I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm still here. I still I like it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the B side of this album, which is the best, almost perfect B side ever. Yeah, I, I yeah, what when I it? was realizing when I was realizing like what was on what side when I was putting this together, I was like, oh wow. Like all, all, all the almost all the best songs are on the second side of the album. Mind you, the front half is good. Yeah, like there's not a skippable song so far at all. No, but yeah, the second half of this album though, like whew, this is some of the best metal you that's that's ever been written potentially. <laughs> Do you think, Doug, that "Number of the Beast" is one of the most iconic metal songs ever? Uh, absolutely. I mean. He, this this song, yeah, I mean, all around, like, people all over the fucking world, like, like you know, you think, like, you just think about metal, and, like, you're like, oh, you know, those people, they like Satan, they like doing stupid stuff, and later this song is, I think, just about, you know, doing stupid stuff and loving Satan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I don't know, that's pretty fucking metal, in my opinion. I, like, I didn't write a lot of notes about the song, because what can you say? This This is a fucking jam. This I have is, some stuff. So this is a dumb yeah. This kiss. song, like, I don't know if I just wanted to make sure. Like, I listened to this song. I mean, this album pretty much at least one point this week, just in my car on full blast, just just to make sure I felt it. And this <laughs> song, when you like, I think they make like so. My theory is, you know, like that, like the the intro is really really quiet, and I feel like they did that on purpose so you have to turn it up. And then yeah. you're like, wow, what's like, this guy saying? And then you automatically turn it up and it's just and then you're like whoa all right i like this and that's how you get fucking people to listen to music like wow i I have to turn it up what is he saying and then you just you know it's just bam so i have a couple like notes on the the history of the song or like the lyrical content um yeah and i also i wrote this song rocks hail satan (laughs) (laughs) um but so the you know du- Bruce Dickinson's like high pitched scream at that like yeah. at the end of the intro, I, apparently that was like as a res- a result of like their producer making them do the beginning over and over and over again, and he was like fed up, so he just like did that like out of frustration, like dicking around, and that for the two like, hours, yeah, how long they made him do it over and over, and it was just him. That's why he was pissed off. <laughs> oh no shit! That pissed me off too. Well, that that's, oh yeah, that, I, did you do that again? Actually, that was perfect. <laughs> that's the scream is like incredible I, there's there's several times where like he's on this album where he's like holding a note and i'm like all right that you there's no way you actually held that note like that's got to be like digitally 
I mean, hmm. he probably actually did, but like, you know, it's just, it's wild. So, um, and then this, um, the, the, so the, the spoken word part of the beginning is from the book of revelation and the yes, Bible. Sir. And, um, it's read by the actor, Barry Clayton. Um, it said that they wanted to get Vincent Price to do it. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier is that they, they've been, they really wanted to like reach out to some horror actors and actresses like to speak on this album. And I thought that was really cool. That would have been but sick yeah, they couldn't afford it. Price. Yeah, couldn't afford it. Tab and I were yeah. watching um, uh, old episodes of the Muppet Show on Disney Plus because they're they like just put them on there. Oh yeah, and I've been watching Vincent, it too. Yeah, Vincent Price was a guest on one of them, and she's like, "Who's that?" And I was oh. like, "I." And <laughs> Ivan was like, "Okay, play Thriller." She's heard that, right? Yeah. Had no idea. No idea. So it's okay. <laughs> is Vincent um, Price wait. only on the Halloween episodes in the Muppets? I know Alice Cooper did a bunch of them too, but um, I don't know that either one of them are on more than one. I'm not really sure. I just saw the one, so I cannot uh, give you accurate information. <laughs> You're not a Muppets expert over there? <laughs> no, no, I definitely am not. So I'm sorry. <sighs> I do know that uh, my mom told me that her favorite Muppet is Monster. So if there's any Muppet knowledge that is stuck in my brain, it's that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then this, so what I what I researched so that this was, um, I guess Steve Harris was watching Damien the Omen Part Two late at night, and then had a dream, and that's what influenced the lyrics. D- Danny, does does Damien get any more? Because do you remember we watched the original Omen uh, when we lived together, and it's it's um, it's notable because there weren't like too many uh movies that i would sit down and watch with you um but i just remember thinking and i think i've said this before no maybe not on the podcast though probably not on this podcast but um that damien is one of the worst like movie monsters of all time because at one point in the movie someone is driving and stiff arming him so he doesn't attack him if you can hold the guy the monster down and drive I'm not really worried about it. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, let's get into the history of this. Damien doesn't do shit. Damien influences people. Like when his butler jumps out the window and hangs herself and says, it's all for you, Damien. (laughs) Like, Damien's not going around stabbing people like Chucky here. Damien is just like the son... And he's, no, he's I know. I just, it's just funny kill. to me that he was, <laughs> he's like holding him down like a like a big brother, like holding a kid back. And he's, you know, so um, and this is actually like this is the the song that like spurred a bunch of like religious groups to uh, to buy albums to destroy them and call the band Satanists. And uh, Steve Harris was like, read the lyrics like there's literally like literally none of these songs are actually about the devil really at all like none of them so um he's like but people don't you know people don't do that so wait 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 yeah, You're not yeah gonna dive said, into the fun destruction part oh uh, well, go ahead what what do you have so when they wanted to destroy the albums first they gathered all these me- and th- this is only in america by the way because america's prude and terrible but <laughs> They gathered all these metal albums and they started burning them. And then one guy yeah. was like, "Yeah, oh no, it's getting into the air, the smoke of yeah. Satan." So then they yeah. took. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my favorite part of that story. 
Okay, so where I read it, it just said they were, yeah, they were worried about inhaling fumes. But I, yeah, that's even better. I didn't, re- yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, his so Harris's like direct uh, like quote on this was, "It was mad. They were com- they completely got the wrong wrong end of the stick. They obviously hadn't read the lyrics. They just wanted to believe all that rubbish about us being Satanists." So, yeah, that's funny. And that just makes the song even better. Yeah. Is that they all fucking hated it. Oh, yeah. No. Rock and roll. And there, there's also, um, there's like, uh, you know, rumors that there's like supernatural occurrences going around and going on in the studio, like lights flipping on and off, strange noises, visions of Satan. Um, and then there was a car accident. Uh, that their producer was in, and the bill to like get the car fixed was 666 pounds. Hold up. Again, missing fun details here. Oh, come on. Okay, go. There was a car accident that the producer was in where he hit a van full of nuns. (laughs) Whoa. A van full of nuns is an important part to add to this. And then the guy that was... Is your source embellishing these? No, this was on the documentary of the producer telling the story. Okay, okay. And then the... then the guy that they hit was praying for him when he left, and then yes, he did get the bill the next day to fix it for it. It was six six six. That's what the producer said on the documentary that's on Tubi okay, okay. about Black Sat or this not Black Sabbath, but this album. <laughs> you sure threw me off. I'm wearing a Black Sabbath shirt. You're okay. People people can't see that though. So. All right, sorry. Not to interrupt. Yeah, you this song's awesome. Part's no, no, yeah, important. no, yeah. Please do. No, I did. I did not know about the nuns. The nuns is an important detail. It's a very important detail. You know, in Spice World, when uh, Posh Spice <laughs> is driving the bus, she almost hits a, ta- a car with some nuns in it. Do you remember that? It, maybe it was a callback to Iron Maiden. I was to say, maybe they were huge Maiden fans. <gasps> yeah, never know. Never know. Maybe they actually right. like, hung spicy. out. The devil's kind of spicy. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's possible they sold their souls too. Who knows? Satan spice. Satan spice. Be paprika, or just chili pepper. Is one of the we need a spice girl whose name is Lucy, short for Lucifer. All right, track six. Run for the (laughs) run to the hills. This is my favorite Iron Maiden song of all time. Out there of all time. I mean, granted, I don't know as many as other people, so I mean, it's a limited pool. But um, yes, this is my this is my favorite one. This is definitely one of my favorite songs, if not possibly probably my favorite song as well. The second that I hear that drum intro, I automatically know what's going on. And I automatically know a couple other things. One, I need to turn the radio up. (laughs) I'd also know that, two, some shit is about to go down when fucking Run to the Hill starts playing. I love that the bass and the two guitars are stacked playing the same rhythm and that galloping sound. It's like a fucking cake you want to bite into. Steve Harris with the the big gallop that was... Also, I I heard that uh, Steve mainly just used two fingers. Did he? So somebody told me that he just did like... Like he pretty much just used his one, two, two fingers and just rode it the whole time and just never stopped. It's, uh, it's really wild. I, um, I, it seems like he's just playing so, so fast. Um, I, I love, uh, this, this song. And I was, I was telling Danny this when, uh, when you were having tech issues earlier, Doug, but I, (laughs) I can't listen to this song without doing, doing what I call the gallop and fill. 
and I literally was even having trouble typing this because I was listening to the song and I would kept stopping, like air air basing and then doing the drum fills every time, like every time dr- <laughs> walking, doing my walks in the morning, the dr- driving, uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I love it. It's 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 uh, gets me really hyped every time. Yeah, while I'm driving, my left foot pretty much is always just pumping. And when this song comes on, it's just I, I can't I, I got to move my feet. I, I can't. I mean, it's not my fault. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry, officer. It's not my fault. Run for the hills, officer, run for the yeah, I'm listening to fucking Iron Maiden. You really going to give me a ticket? Can you blame me? Yeah. Yeah. But you were going fast enough. So this is another one of their, we don't make political songs, but this is a fairly political song. I mean, it's about, you know, bringing light to the genocide and mistreatments of American Indians during the colonization. I know, I thought it was super, you know, that's a super cool thing just in general that's in bands over there, like, or even saying, like, hey, uh, just so you know, uh, you fucking took that land. Like, yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you fucking, you took that land. But I guess they can also, it's kind of, you know, it's technically all stems back to Brent anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's fucking up left and right there. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I think there really not a lot of people, like, I mean, even here in the U.S., you know, like a lot of people even really made a lot of songs about how fucked up everything really was. And I thought that was just the message of this song. Funk song, like, just kicks ass in general, too. So this is all around just an an absolutely amazing song. Yeah, it is. Any more thoughts, Josh? Um, I know. I mean, I, yeah, I love the historical context of the song and the statement that it makes. I actually know, like, so didn't didn't know this song prior to 2020, but I actually noticed on Thanksgiving this year, like a lot of folks being like on social media being like, fuck Thanksgiving. And like somehow this would Tagging be the song would, or playing. The song. They'd be listening to this or saying, oh, I, I always listen to run to the hills on Thanksgiving because we treat the Indians like shit and we shouldn't be celebrating this holiday that makes it seem like everything was cool and you know that's a tradition i'm gonna start doing i didn't even think about me too (laughs) yeah i'm gonna roast my second i put my turkey in every year from now on blasting some iron maiden just just play it on a loop until the turkey's done (laughs) ready for the next round do the gallop and gallop and fill i'll see i'll set up my bass downstairs and just play the whole album to my neighbors there you go here is my sliver in the album. Oh, here We're going to we go. do track seven, Total Eclipse, because fuck the American version. So the <laughs> Japanese version, the track seven was Total Eclipse, which is an amazing song. And honestly, Gangland is my least favorite song on this album. Do you, do you know yeah. the story behind that? Uh, not much. Tell me. So, so um, they, had to ch- they were going to choose between... Um, for run so run to the hills was actually like so they were in a rush to complete the album like they were on a like really tight timetable and run to the hills actually like was the pre-album single so they had to get that out even before the album and they were choosing a b-side and they were choosing between gangland and total eclipse and with the understanding that like whichever one they chose is the b-side the other one would end up on the album and like the band like multiple members of the band like in retrospect are like we fucked up. We should have put Gangland as the B side and then put Total Eclipse on the album. Yeah. But let me just, just talk bombed, about Total I, Eclipse I, real yeah. quick. Total Eclipse yeah, I haven't, has... I've, I haven't listened to it, but yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Has the best fucking breakdown time change at two minutes and 30 seconds. Like, it's a totally different song after it hits 2.30. Like, they make a total time change. They get heavy and crazy. Um, Clive Burr's drumming on this song is the best. Like, I think he's an amazing drummer to begin with through this whole album, but this song, fuck. (laughs) After this episode, go to YouTube and look up this song. I've already pulled it up so I can listen to it when we're done. I, uh... I found out that th- that B-side story like right before we were like when I was doing a little bit last minute stuff. And so I didn't and then it wasn't on Spotify. So I was like, ah, oh, and then I. Yeah. So I because <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to listen to it before we started, but I didn't get to it. Do you have any I thoughts, Doug? Too, but I kind of fucked up about that, too. <gasps> you was... guys need to hear this song and it's not on Spotify, which is really annoying. You have to go to YouTube to listen to it. Um, is it long? But, uh, it's no, not terribly. It looks longer on YouTube than it is. There's a lot of silence at the end. Oh. So I guess we could talk about Gangland. Do you want to hear my big complaint about this? Yeah. I know it's two years later, but that drum beat is hot for teacher. And that's all I could think of at the very beginning of the song. It starts like a very 80s hair metal song until Bruce starts singing. And the rest of the track drives like a motorhead riff. Like... This song just does not feel like Iron Maiden besides Bruce's singing. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I feel like the drums are still really sick, but yeah, I mean, it, it was already done. But I do appreciate that uh, the tempo is really consistent throughout this whole song. That it is a, just a really fast song in general. Yeah. Like, uh, it doesn't really stop, like, kind of just keeps going. Oh, and I'm not saying Van Halen stole this. Van, that album came out in 1984. Yeah. They stole that drum beat from Iron Maiden. Yeah. But now that's all I hear when I hear this song is the, like, it's the same drum beat intro. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's definitely similar. I figured out the perfect volume to play Spotify stuff, like, low enough that it doesn't disrupt our conversation. So if you, like, bring something up, I can play it in my ears. Oh, you're so doing can, that? Oh, yeah. No, I, well, I did for a second, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is a weaker song on the album. Actually, mm, unpopular opinion. I, I don't know if if like so there. I don't think there's a skip on the album. Oh, I don't. I, I wouldn't skip this. Yeah, I don't know. Like so, if if you said "Gun to Your Head," skip one song. I don't know if I'd skip this song or "Twenty Two Acadia Avenue." Really, I love that song. That's just opinions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind I, of. Like, if I, I'm kind of right there with you, Josh. If I had to pick one, it'd be one of those two. But uh, I guess it really depends on how I felt. At the Wait moment. till you guys hear the other song. You're going to be so mad that Gangland stayed on. Because <laughs> the other song rips so hard. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm actually genuinely disappointed in myself. Can you pull it I up, know. Josh? Can you screen share? Yeah, I, I can. That's why I asked how long it was. I, I didn't know if you guys wanted to just play it real quick. Just start it for a second, then go to two minutes and 30.
Alright, go to 220. And this song rips. Right? I think that's why I don't like Gangland so much, is because this song is so much better. <laughs> I fucking right, you guys. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is wild. Hey, this is the kind of shit that makes me want to go. Alright, you can shut it off there, but I like I how just... it changes again though. That was like I like the yeah, second transition too. The breakdown. Oh yeah time change and then they go right back into what they were doing it's beautiful that's better than both those saw other songs <laughs> yeah that's no, i would agree with you so like thank you I've thank always, you very much danny i I, uh, I personally really appreciate that no problem like i've always listened to this album all the way through and then on monday i found out that there was a b-side that replaced gangland and i listened to it and all week i've been like god damn it this song is so much better <laughs> I tried to do some research too. I'm kind of sad that I didn't find that because uh, that's fucking cool. <laughs> All right, uh, track eight, "Hallowed by Thy Name." <laughs> I thought I was about to say it wrong. That's why it sounded weird. I was like, "What are you doing? What Hallowed is this voice?" Be thy name. This song. So, like, this is some of my va- favorite like vocal parts. Is like where it has the vocal yes. breaks. So it's like do do. That and that's like uh kind of uh, I uh, I don't know exactly when it's like about probably like a minute and a half in or so, but uh that is uh, just that those like vocal breaks I'm uh I'm really into and then two and a half minutes kind of the riff starts changing and then this, this is a really long song <laughs> at uh, at seven minutes well it's a pretty long song I guess but uh right about like the four and a half minute mark when the drum beat changes and it starts kicking again. And that's what really, in my opinion, makes this, this out, like this song a really good, just end their doing album is because uh, they just end kind of how they started by just fucking wailing. Yeah. I love this song. I love the, I love the way that it begins. And then like Bruce is holding that note and he holds the note, but then the, the, like the whole, like, the song changes and he's still holding the note and he takes a breath and then he starts again and then he ramps up. Like, I love that whole beginning part. Um, and I, I don't love like long jammy songs a lot of the time, but this, I think like the riffs and stuff that they put into the instrumental part are, are so good that I'm, that I don't mind that, that there's like, you know, a half an hour worth of, jamming between like the the verses and like the very end of the song um and i love that like with the, like the yeah. drums oh that's so good i don't know, um, like like uh, just like the main kind of riff where they like yeah oh yeah the riff's so great and the intensity of bruce's vocals on the on the verses like oh it's just 
this is yeah this is uh this is so danny you might be you might be upset but i think number of the beast might be my third favorite song on the album after run to the hills i'm not upset (laughs) no i know it's just funny because you were like this it's the most iconic metal song I didn't say it was my favorite song. I said it's the most iconic. Like, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, metalheads yeah. and non-metalheads. <laughs> so, actually, this is my favorite song on the track, the whole album. Um, really? Oh, it's got that, my favorite cool. lyrics. It's uh, about a guy who's about to be hung, and he's like, do I believe the in God? Are- like, like, the guitar is giving you that dread. Like, you feel it with his guitar riffs. Like, the vocals and the lyrics are just like, do I believe in God? I'm about to be hung and like I'm bargaining here. I'm I'm begging here. Like I'm about to die. I want to know what's about to happen. Like I'm scared. Like this song is so fucking good. Like yes. lyrically, he's telling yeah, you a story. Like yeah. this this song is a story that he's playing out for you and you can actually feel the emotions of this person about to be hung. I feel like I like that's a very just Iron Maiden thing to do in general is like just to tell a story and try to make you, you know, just feel. And yeah, I think you are absolutely right, Danny. And this this song makes people feel like it really can makes you feel a lot. <laughs> I feel so many things right now. <laughs> so this um this actually this they've played this song on almost like every tour except for like two since they've since they recorded it um and um it's several band members uh favorite song oh so that's good to know that's a cool fact nailed it and and dickinson says that it's fantastic and performing it live is like narrating a movie to the audience oh all right and and once one final like little factoid for it is that so this song was also like a top 10 on the uk singles and then in 1993, they released a live version of the song, and then that also um, was in the top ten. In the That's end. how you know you did something right. Yeah. yeah. Although I did, I did. I'm. I want to. One of the other things I'm going to do after I listen to um, Total Eclipse in its entirety after uh, we, as I want to see this song live and like, what does Bruce do during the instrumental? I knew his name and I knew what band he was in before I knew anything else about the band. So that alone tells me that like he's a and, and now like hearing him obviously and being a fan of the band like I know that he's an incredible performer but like you know when you know who somebody is even though you're not familiar with their work and you hear people talking about them like obviously this Have you ever watched is, their live stuff? No. No, oh, they like climb all over shit. Like they always have structure. Oh yeah. They're all of them are super, like, into stage performing. Cool. Yeah, they all have, like, like Bruce, a lot of the times, would just straight up wear, like, armor, almost, sometimes. All right, well, that's that settles it. I mean, post-pandemic, uh, Iron Maiden tour, we're going. If the, yeah, I definitely. And, and like, hopefully, okay, Ghost Open's Farm again. If you, if you do watch any, a lot of the times they had fun, like, I'm sure during times that Bruce wasn't singing, Eddie comes out either in giant stilts or in some other way, someone dressed as Eddie or giants, giant Eddie. So there's always things going on on the stage. So you don't have to pay attention all the time to Bruce when he's not singing. Very cool. I know Mike was at their last concert. (sighs) Exasperated gasp. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. That was, uh, that was an album. Anybody? Or do we, do we, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't really like like you were saying this. I mean, just the song, like the, the singles, this album. This album is iconic. I mean, as you were saying at the beginning, this album has been reviewed by so many people, and I mean, obviously, it's for a reason, and it's because this album really does kick fucking ass. Yeah, it does. And um, it just, I I don't know. I mean, like I know, like I was saying, like this is one of the first like true metal bands I ever really even got to listen to. And like, I feel like that's a lot of people like, you know, Iron Maiden is that like people like, Oh, you need to listen to this band. This is going to change your life. As you put on the record, tell you you something, kid, an SLC punk moment. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, the only thing I would, I would add but beyond what we've already like gushed about is that um, I think I really like my thought, my thought process was, man, if I was in a band, this is, I would, I would also write songs about like the TV shows and movies that I like and historical events. Like, like that's yeah. also what I would do. So do we want to do the guest mix next or do we want to do weekly rewind and that yes mix let's do it all right are Are you you ready doug Doug? yep let me pull up my answers um all right well hello real quick do we there was one thing we did not talk about for iron maiden can i just say it really quick yeah you know you know what an iron maiden is yeah it's like the torture device right with the spikes inside spikes inside yeah yeah it's like so so like i kind of was looking into it and apparently um it's really not that old. Like it kind of like uh, they say that they may have used them real like a, like a very long time ago. But for the most part, they actually really weren't used as a torture device. They and they weren't super prominent really until about the 19th century. Oh wow! So, makes you feel I, any better? Maybe people actually weren't being tortured by them as as much as we thought they were. I've got a nice little coffee table book of uh, medieval torture devices. I'm for real. <laughs> There's a, a good spread on Iron Maidens in there. Oh really? I get it. yeah yeah yeah. That's pretty sweet. What do they He's say? He's weird. It's cool. <laughs> no, it's just like a bunch of, it's no, mostly artwork of, really of different. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I got a bunch of books about serial killers. Yeah, we got a few of those. You got to have the serial killer encyclopedia just by your bedside. I, I do actually. I do is, it's not by my bedside, but it's by the guest bed, by the other bed. Mm. All right, I think I'm ready to answered the questions i think i'm good i i uh i'm gonna try here yes mix there you go (laughs) (laughs) thank you i want a shock rock jam like radio wow 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 i got the i got the rap porn i can do that but we'll do it next one um all right doug love what's your favorite love song um so Honestly, uh, kind of uh, cheesy, I guess, but it really is uh, uh, Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis. I also am a big fan of Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Come and get your love. Yeah. Excellent I'm really just a big Motown fan in general, though, so I mean, there's probably a bunch of other love songs I could have threw on here, but those are those those two really do mean a lot to me. All right, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what is your go-to angry song? So really, it's an it's an album, but um, I mean, 
God damn it, these album guys. I'll I'll give you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Well, I mean, right off the bat, like, I mean, so it's uh, anytime I'm really mad, I will probably just throw the chariot on. Ooh, Uh, angry. Yeah, I mean, well, you you want to talk about being pissed off. I mean, you throw the chariot on, and all of a sudden, you really want to destroy everything around you. But I mean, their album One Wing. uh i i don't know i really like that album i mean right off the bat the first track just forget is um really good cheek is another really intense song of that album um at one point they have a uh charlie chapman kind of quote on there and it's uh pretty intense it's like pretty intense breakdown i actually used it in a uh poetry class I wish I knew. I wish I knew what it was. I mean, I don't. Uh, I'm not familiar with the chariot. They're even too hard for me, Josh. I can't get into them, so I don't Ooh. know if you like. They're good. I understand it, but it's not something I love. Yeah, cheek. What I was saying. Listen to the chariot, and then cheek, and there's a big long uh, quote in the middle of it all. All right. What uh, What's a song that has influenced you the most, either in life or as a musician? So, uh, I mean, really, like, the, the band that, like, got me into, like, one of the, like, my most favorite bands as a kid was ACDC. I was huge into ACDC as a kid, even, like, being really young, um, but uh, Let There Be Rock, like, really old ACDC. I'm a big Bon Scott. I was never really, I mean, as a kid, I, I, I was into Brian Johnson, but I kind of, I'm not really, I mean, it's okay, but I, all of Bon Scott's stuff, but, like, Let There Be Rock, that that whole album but like specifically that song really made me just want to play guitar like because like it's it's easy and like you can learn it as a kid and i was like wow i'm a fucking rock star i can play this song <laughs> uh dan obviously just you know angus starts ripping and shit obviously but Danny and I were Danny and I have talked about this and I can't remember if we talked about it on the pod or off mic, but we're both we are both uh, I'm not throwing Danny on the bus. I'm throwing us both. I've already told Doug this about me, so he will not be surprised. He actually made me a playlist. Um, but I we were both in the camp of not even realizing that there were more than one singer of ACDC. <laughs> Although I will say that once once you showed me and I like put some because so- I like put songs that I know like hits from both singers back to back and i was like oh god no they actually don't sound the same um, no at yeah, all they both a, have gruff voices difference. but that's about where it stops uh so. shout out to joe fourth actually at one point because he knew i was a huge acdc fan he even told me that like there was a brian johnson interview and they asked him like how he gets his voice and he's like i just try to sound like a cat he's <laughs> like a just a screeching cat that's pretty pretty accurate <laughs> Who was the singer on the albums of Thunderstruck and TNT? That was Brian Johnson. Uh, okay. Bon Scott. Bon Scott was uh, all the albums up until Back in Black. Back in Black was Brian Johnson's first, and everything after that. So it was nineteen eighty. So I, I only know Brian Johnson's music. Then. I, no, I know oh, yeah, like totally. Dirt, well, no, no, you. Dirty Deeds. Dirty yeah. Deeds was oh, okay. That's, that's bon yeah, Scott. I do know Dirty um, Deeds. Highway to Hell. That's Bon Scott. I've got yeah. big balls. Those are, like, those are like the big, those are his big ones. But yeah, like Let There Be Rock. I mean, that whole album, whole lot of Rosies on High Voltage. Um, he was on the Live If You Want Blood album. Um, uh, couple other ones I'm blanking. But yeah, they. I mean, they pumped out music. 
Girls Got Rhythm. You know that one, don't you? Girls Got Rhythm. Yeah, that, that's on. Uh, that's on Highway to Hell. That's on that album. Okay. Big Balls, Big Balls is Bon Scott. Oh yeah, Big Balls is Scott. Honestly, one of my favorite ACD songs of all time though is the Jack, and that is that that's Bon Scott too. And they actually have two versions of that because he wrote a very provocative. Like it was originally about getting uh, STDs, but the record company didn't want them to release it, so they changed it to about being just about losing a game of cards. But then when they would play it live, they would talk about uh, getting STDs, and that's kind of cool. <laughs> Wild. Um, all right, what's your current favorite song? All right, right now, uh, actually sticking with Australian punk. We're going to stick with uh, over in Australia. I've been really listening to this band, Amy L and the Sniffers, a lot lately. Um, they're uh, two, I got two really good songs for you. Um, their big track is uh, I'm Not a Loser. It's a really, really, really fun punk song. Uh, and then uh, their song, I think, that rips the most is a song called Monsoon Rock. And that song just rips. And it's this. Like you gotta you watch them on YouTube because they do some crazy shit on stage. Um, I mean, they just released an album, I think 2019. So you know, hoping that they'll the pandemic hasn't destroyed them. But What's we, their name we again? See, I guess Amy uh, L and the Sniffers. Amy. Yeah, and it's Amy a- L is, is is one. It's just Amy L, like A M Y L. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Oh, is oh, okay. Never mind. That's a single. Um, okay. Uh, I don't. I didn't put this in the list, but I did it to Mike last week, so I'm gonna do it to you too. Um, gun to your head in this moment, as I ask you, first thing that you think of, what is your what's your favorite song of all time? Favorite song of all time. Um, <laughs> Danny's disgusting. I guess I'll me. go. Probably I'll uh, just inspired by your shirt right there, but and NIB Black Sabbath is I think. Uh, a really just amazing and almost perfect track in itself. I think right off the bat, how it kicks with the bass solo that is pretty much just him fucking around on the bass in a scale. And I think they just recorded it. And then it just goes right into this super heavy riff and it just, uh, everything about that song, I, I don't know. It's a great track. I one time had a dream that Doug was um, like on his knees on stage doing the, the, like the solo at the end of War Pigs, the riff at the end of War Pigs. Yeah. It was, a, it was a good dream I had one time. You used to we dream make about that me. <laughs> Who says I don't anymore? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right. What song makes you want to get up and dance? I got a, I got a list for you. Is that okay? Because I oh like to fucking dance. Okay. Um, Little Richard, get down with it. Ooh. I'm going to get down ah! with it. Do, 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 do. And then uh, Mike will really appreciate this. Uh, Tower of Power is digging on James Brown. Uh, and when Mike worked at his audio shop, he always texted his speakers to that song. And it fucking is just, a, literally just makes you want to move. Um, Twisting the Night Away by Sam Cooke. That song is also just makes me want to move. Um, Flying the Family Stone, Dance to the Music. I'm a huge fan of that song all around, too. I'm just a really big, uh, I like funk music a lot, too. But uh, Larry Graham. You know, like Steve Harris and Larry Graham are both very important musicians to me. Just uh, two very different uh, bass styles, but uh, two of the best at what they did. And uh, that's why I was a big uh, Larry Graham and Sly and the Family music fan in general. 
And then I'll wait for I'll wait for this next one because it falls into the next question you're about to ask me. All right. So the, yeah, the next one is what's the most unexpected song on your playlist? And just I always like to put the little caveat that like other people would call this a guilty pleasure, but here at B side ourselves, we do not believe in guilty pleasures. We believe you're allowed to listen to and like whatever you like, unless it's Nickelback. And so well, when that's, did you add that? Uh, in? <laughs> <laughs> I did that to get a rise out of you. This, um, this is your disclaimer. Yeah. So yeah, you. Um, that's that's what other people would call it, but we just say most unexpected song. Although you you have you've already uh, established like a broad range for yourself with. Uh, this like seventies funk and soul and then like hardcore. So who knows where you're going to be? So, okay. This song also, in my opinion, can double up to makes you want to dance because this song was the first song I ever karaoke to. And ever since then, I've never turned back. Uh, uh, Whitney Houston. I want to dance with someone. There's a fucking jam. Oh, <laughs> it definitely is. It's well, I, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily a guilty pleasure, but I don't know if anybody would, you know, if someone didn't know me, maybe they wouldn't be like, you know, I think, I think he's really into Whitney. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm very pro Whitney. So you, that, that, yeah, she, yeah, she's a like a once in a generation talent vocally, like she's, uh, it's wild. Um, that no, that's a great song, and actually, you have inspired me. Uh, from here on out, I am adding to the guest list. Well, I should, I'll put this up for a vote, Danny. I would like to add to the guest list, guest mix questions. What is your go to karaoke song? Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. All in favor? Voted. Aye. Oh, do I have to raise my hand? <laughs> yep. I, All right, I it's on there. Or not, but I did raise my hand, even though I don't know if my vote matters, but. Yeah, you know, you're, you're a provisional vote on this for this episode. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, it doesn't I'm matter, but it's there for show. With the yays. All right, last one. Uh, what is the lineup of your ideal heaven concert? So we're thinking like three to five acts, uh, living or dead, different timelines. Like you could say, you know, uh, uh, David Lee Roth era of uh, Van Halen, or you know, you, uh, okay, I got whatever, three. However you want to make you it. Want three, three, three to five. like three bands. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So I'm definitely going ACDC with Bob Scott. That's on my list. Um, I, I'm a huge, I really love Jimi Hendrix too. And I feel like I would need to see Jimmy. I would think I would need to be on a different level of mindset. If you know what I mean. On drugs? But, uh, <gasps> I still, <laughs> we don't support allegedly. that on this one. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like I would really, really want to see Jimi Hendrix. And I really, really, really would love to see fucking Aretha Franklin. I would, I don't know. I've I've cried to Aretha before. I'm not gonna sit here and say I haven't. Let me let me get this straight. So your guest list was ACDC, Aretha Franklin, and Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> Original singer ACDC. Original. Yes. Ooh, the guest spot from Anne. All right. <laughs> Anne's excited hey, about hey. that guest spot. Hell yeah. <laughs> bon Scott, baby. <laughs> all right that was our guest list so doug since at this moment in time i think before we get into weekly rewind and um what the fuck songs uh since you just did the guest mix i think this is a good spot for you to do to plug anything that you have going on i happen to know that you're in uh more than even more than one uh band currently 
and I know you're moving and shaking. So what what do you have anything that you'd like to promote? You'd like the listeners to know about what you've got going on? Yeah, thank you so much. First off, let me say thank you, Josh and Danny, for having me. Um, I'm a big fan of the podcast in general, but I'm just really glad to be here in general. And I'm really glad that you asked me to talk, especially about this album. But so, yeah, I play I play music a lot. <laughs> I like music. I don't know. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm uh, I'm in a I play guitar in a like local punk band called Former Critics. Uh, check all of them. We have uh, some music out on like Spotify and Bandcamp. You know, check all the social medias out. Um, my cousin from Florida recently moved back up here to Michigan. Well, he's from Michigan, but he he lived in Florida for a long time, and he just moved back up here. And we have started a like really like hardcore black metal kind of band. But it's not like I don't know. It's 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 really fast. It's really intense. Um, but it is called Possession uh, 1981, and you can follow all. We have a bunch of music out too. We're actually in the process of, uh, oh, Former Critics too. Yeah, sorry. Let me go back. Former Critics, we're writing an album. We're just, we're, we're going to hopefully start recording eventually, right, relatively soon. We have like a bunch of songs good to go. Back to Possession, 1981. We also have a bunch of songs good, good to go, and we're going to be recording soon, hopefully. Obviously, we're in the middle of pandemic, so whatever, but we'll see how that, that goes. But uh, uh, we, um, possession just actually got asked to do a split with some canadian bands and i'm really excited for so i'll hopefully actually be on a vinyl and that's uh, pretty cool news and then throughout this pandemic i have uh, been writing just a lot of music in general and i don't really know exactly what i'm going to do but i'm definitely going to be uh releasing some different music here too with uh, another side project um i'm going to be playing bass and uh just screaming at the top of my lungs so we'll see how that goes <laughs> uh i don't really have a whole lot on that right now that's uh just something that i'm kind of working on but yeah thank you for letting me plug all that uh i appreciate that yeah no problem a couple of things to add to what you said um f- for anyone that is not aware uh all the episodes up until now um you can hear doug shredding in our opening because the opening is a former critic song um and um also uh doug has doug has been very instrumental in helping me um like become more confident in my bass playing and has i've jammed with him um and he's been extremely helpful he's my he's the the bass yoda in my backpack as i'm doing my bass training on on Dagobah so um hmm. that's been and that's been pretty fun too I never knew you wanted to play bass you lived with me for how long and I had a bass this was in a the mid-life, basement I know this was a midlife crisis and I literally oh, okay. I literally told Doug when I was because <laughs> he's like you're gonna you're gonna come over and you're gonna be a rock star and we're gonna we're gonna make this work and it's gonna be awesome and I'm like I've literally only held a bass guitar one time it was my old roommate Danny's and I was like <laughs> kicking around with it. And then I put it back on the stand. Like I literally don't know what I'm doing. So no, yeah, this, trust me. I wish, I wish I would have had you be my bass shirt because then it, by now I would actually be able to play it instead of it. You know, we believe in you. Nah, so. We're your bass Jedi council. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you can, you can, I can have more than one bass Sherpa. So Josh, you you know you got some something going on. Don't even sit here and lie to yourself or lie to anybody here. 
Not lying. You got skills. You got skills, buddy. Doug was able to skills. Doug was able to put together a, a relatively simplistic baseline, and I was able to lock in actually a lot better than I thought. Um, I would what like I I came in thinking this is going to be stressful. I'm going to embarrass myself, etc. And then I like left like happier than I've probably been in years. So the base will do that to you. Yeah. I'm really glad to be part of this journey. And, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. And I'm, you know, being, uh, Vax boys, I'm excited yeah. to, uh, do That's it again. Vax the only boys. one not vaxxed here. I guess so. You're the, yeah. you're the minority here. Oh, can I plug one more thing really quick? No, nope. you only get those two. You only get what you already <laughs> did. No, go ahead. Okay, it's fine. Uh, so lately, I've just been—I uh, haven't done it in a little bit, but uh, I was doing a cooking stream on Twitch. So uh, we're going to try to actually do that a little more consistent, consistently. But if you want to see someone cook some uh, pretty easy food, but uh, you know, good stuff, uh, check me out, uh, Chef Daddy D Love. Do you only cook to funk music or Aretha Franklin? Uh, in my head, I do, but uh, I don't have very good streaming equipment, so I have to use headphones and just stream uh, from my phone at the moment. But trust me, Danny, it's all in the works. There will be some. There will be some funk. There will be some soul. Um, if I actually, you know, try a little harder. So we'll see would, because that's the that's really what's holding me back. I would love to see you in a cooking show on Twitch called Chef Love, where you have funk music and you just cook. I mean, it's like, basically. I mean, I, mean, I would watch it now. You, would you come and just play the bass, like kind of like the Seinfeld stuff, Funky like music. behind me, like every yeah, just yeah, every so often I would just be like, and pause to Danny, <laughs> wearing sunglasses, no matter how dark it is. I'll be your house band that's over in the corner and laughs at your jokes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, Danny, I will say one of my favorite bits, one of the funniest things I feel like I've I've ever been a part of, and it's the stupidest thing. But that time when you and I were in St. Kitts and we were at that we were at that like social gathering with all those funeral directors and we were just pretending to laugh at shit. And then but then we were like we were like joke laughing. But then it was so ridiculous that we were actually making each other laugh. Do you, do you know? Do you know? Do you remember what I'm talking about? I remember about? this. Like I, I, it makes I, it sound bad that we were at a funeral director's meeting in St. No, Kitts we laughing were, stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. We were we were my my dad's a, uh, owns a funeral home. So we were. Um, we got to go on this, like they had like a conference and we got to go hang out for like 10 days <laughs> while it was like negative degrees here. And we were like on the beach, you know? So I love yep. it. It was a good time. <laughs> and I had to tell everybody that I was divorced. So they didn't think we were together. Cause that's the, and Oh, so that's awesome. Yeah. No, behind your back, I was going to tell people that we were together and that you're just lying to people and saying you're going through a divorce. <laughs> Because no, I, I wanted the free sympathy drinks that my boyfriend won't acknowledge me. It, it, worked. it was all inclusive. <laughs> no. it was, it's fine. Aww. No, but it was one of those things where like there's all these people my dad works with and <laughs> they were like, Oh, it's his it's his friend, huh? They're oh, his friend. And it was like it's, I like oh. I don't I don't really care, but it was just like okay, well, you know. So <laughs> and I yeah, I remember we like met someone we met some hey, girl that was here. like also staying there. What's that? So we're inclusive here. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. But I, I just remember we met some, we met a girl that was there, like, and we were, we were like hanging out with her, doing like excursions, and I, I told her within like ten minutes of talking to her that I had recently been divorced, and Danny's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, 
because otherwise and he's like oh, okay and then she's like yeah i totally <laughs> did think that until you told me and i was like see <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome because it would go it would go like wait so you guys are brothers and we'd be like no and they're like oh but you're at this resort together okay yeah yeah so <laughs> that's a good time and then i and then i i literally was talking to tab who i hadn't met yet on uh on the internet and uh and then went on my first date with tab like as soon as we got home so uh real question to put you out when were you uh nervous that uh tab was going to catfish you um like, no question i guess no, that's no, cool. I I had like seen enough that I knew she was a real person, and um, and uh, yeah, she was like a half an hour late to our first date though, and I was like, oh, here we go, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, but look at you now. Yeah, look at me now. All right, so uh, weekly rewind. Uh, <laughs> want me to say mine first because I know you guys both have like a stack. Yeah. So um, I did listen to a bunch of stuff this week, but the one thing that I did find there's so there's this um, video game that's it's like a it's called Wave Break, and it's like a jet ski on the water meets like Tony Hawk game, and it's set in like 1980s Miami. So the soundtrack they put out a like a five song EP soundtrack for it. And it's a bunch of like sweet synthwave artists, like not just like video game music, but like they actually got like real, like Mitch Murder and um, Droid Bishop and stuff. So um, those are pretty cool. That's my one for this uh, for this week. Wave Break soundtrack. Heard Thank Write you. Write that down. Wave Break. Okay. I promise next week my weekly. Re- uh, rewind will not be all synthwave songs because I think it was last week too. Remember, I was on vacation this week, so I had yeah. a lot of time to look up music. I right, do have two what the fuck songs though. So, Doug, you want me to go next? Yeah, because I got a long one. Okay, I mean mine's kind of long, but let's see. Okay, so there's this uh, uh, portrayal portrayal of guilt. The uh, metal band just recently dropped an album called We Are Always Alone, and it. Uh, it's a really awesome metal album all the way through. There's a lot of uh, really interesting spots. Like there's a lot of spots you don't really realize you're really listening to a metal album. Like there's a lot of like almost like shoegazy stuff kind of going on here. So it's like post metal in a weird way. I don't know. It's a really good album. Gotta look, highly recommend it. Um, Cult of Luna is another band that just dropped an, uh, another metal band. They dropped an album, The Raging River. Um, uh, it's a pretty good album. I uh, personally portrayal portrayal guilt. I thought it was a little better, but whatever. The Chariot, uh, ironically enough, is just dropping a ten year anniversary of their album Long Live, and I haven't listened to it yet. I'm not sure if there's like another song on it or if they just remastered it. And I don't personally know how you would remaster those songs, but I mean, hey, it's something <laughs> they're they're listen- they're doing something. Uh, Josh's other bands, We Are 68 or just 68. Uh, with like a little apostrophe, just dropped two singles, The Knife, The Knife, The Knife, and Bad Bite. And that's just a two-piece band, uh, just drums and uh, guitar and vocals. And those songs rip. They're really intense. Um, my uh, fiance, uh, Jessel, recently just purchased Jetty Bones' new album. That that's came out. One. Yeah. It is good. Back. It's uh 
got some solid, got some really good vibes on there. And uh, that band is from Ohio, so that's kind of cool. And someone who lives in Michigan, uh, their name is RB. They uh, last time I checked, they were at least still in Jetty Bones, which I thought was kind of cool. So, um, do you get a hardcore '90s pop vibe from that album? I, liked I thought, it. like, don't get me wrong, late '80s. Like I told, I think I texted Jessel and said. Uh, when because tab played me a couple of tracks and i was like this reminds me of wilson phillips yeah <laughs> yeah it's, and that sounds like a dunk but it's not like i just i was like oh yeah this is like an 80s like an 80s pop thing like I, i'm just here for it yeah it's 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 got some cool dancey vibes for sure and uh so even almost like some like wonder year vibes too in some spots kind of stick to the the roots or whatever you want to say a little bit but uh um can i keep going i got a few more yeah all right, um, I'll stick with the metal. Um, this band, Mono Lord, just dropped a new single called I'm Staying Home, and they're like a doom metal band. Like, it's just, that's, you turn turn your turn your radio off, turn your volume all the way up, turn on <laughs> Mono Lord, I'm Staying Home, and just see what happens. <laughs> uh, Citizen, I don't know if you, either you're Citizen fans at all, but they just dropped two new songs, and they're from Toledo. And I'm, I think their vocalist is from Michigan. Uh, I remember when I saw them a while ago, they had a big, like, I think one of them is from Lansing, but they had a big thing. They're like, yeah, we're technically Toledo, but one of us is from Michigan. So whatever. That's kind of cool fact. Um, Future Teens, they just dropped two songs too. So they'll probably be dropping an album. I'm not sure if you'd either, you know, Future Teens, but their old stuff, their, uh, their album Hard Times is really good. Um, their second album blanking on the name right now but it's also pretty good so hopefully this album will be good uh uh two more uh dog leg at the very end of december dropped two new songs and that's pretty cool because they had literally pretty much just released an album so they're getting shit done um and then another, a local band from right around her that we played with uh called map the park just dropped a new ep called on purpose um pretty good epl it's just like five quick songs uh they have a song on there called like uh baby boss or boss baby deserved an emmy or an oscar or something like that and i don't know it's just kind of funny but it's a good it's a cool ep and uh yeah okay so sorry oh wait one more one more one more real you quick. don't have to apologize uh, this bit, yeah uh another local band that just dropped um, another EP, uh, Riot Course, and uh, former critic's friend uh, Spencer, who we toured with in another band, um, they're in that band. And I'm not sure if they're playing bass or guitar, but uh, Riot Course's EP is called Maybe I'll See You Next Year, and it's really good. And um, I was not necessarily like surprised, I guess, but like I was, I, I mean, I was like genuinely like, wow, this is really good. So I'm really excited for them and uh, just the whole project in itself to see where it goes. Noise. I just played a little, uh, obviously I didn't follow your directions completely because I was playing it low enough that you were still louder than it, but I, I played a little bit of that I'm staying home and I, I like that, 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 ri- that, the riff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. It, uh, it hits you right at the beginning. All right, Danny, hit hit us I'm with good. your list. Sorry. All right, so I got four albums that dropped that I think everyone should check out. 
and then a whole bunch of songs. First okay. album that came out was Sad Night Dynamite. I thought they were basically just copying the Gorillas, but it's Gorillas approved on their website. Like it sounds like the lead singer of the Gorillas, the guy from the Blur. But it's an amazing album. Check out the song Crunk. Uh, Madison Beer. The album is Selfish. Or no, the album is Life Support. The song I suggest is Selfish. It's a stunning pop album. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, one of the albums from last year I was highly anticipating came out, Architects. Architects. I don't know why I keep getting that wrong. For those who wish to exist, it's it's really good. It's not as heavy as I thought it was going to be, but it's still got some fantastic vocals and heavy riffs. But it's, it's their first on Epitaph, I believe, and I love Epitaph. Uh, and the, the Cloud Nothing album is really, really wonderful. And then let's get to some songs. All right, first off, we got a song called No Sleep by the band Arm's Length. It's an indie pop rock. I think you would like it, Josh. So Arm's Length, check it out. No Sleep. Uh, Shamir did a cover of Ocean Eyes. It's a cover of a Billie Eilish song, but it is this lo-fi indie rock song that's just amazing. It's better than the Billie Eilish song. Not that I even knew the Billie song, but I know it's his cover. Uh, this uh, hardcore early Paramore vibes coming from this band Dollskin, the song Control Freak, like early, early Paramore, and that's really fun. A new pop punk band I'm really excited to hear what's happening with is We, Are, we Were Sharks, the song's Problems. Not new, like the new song. So We Were Sharks, Problems. Uh, Cave Town, the song is Paul. It's a beautiful singer-songwriter indie song. Almost done here, guys. Almost done. <laughs> new, gi- du- uh, new Dinosaur Junior song. So if you look them in the 90s, they're back. I think the song yep. gives a little bit of Counting Crows feel to it more than the other stuff, but I still really dig it. Uh, an amazing artist, Kiro Kiro Benito, KKB, is back. They make this really cool indie pop music, and this new song is just awesome. So check that out. Uh, Slant. The song is Enemy. The band's called Slant. The song is Enemy. Someone suggested it on Twitter. It is a brutal South Korean punk rock song, like the screams that this girl can do. Oh, yeah. Epic. Uh, New Offspring was pretty terrible. But if you're sad about the New Offspring being terrible, I have some suggestions. Down by Law, a classic punk band, came out with a song called Heroes and Zeros, which is sweet. Authority Zero, which is an amazing punk band from that era, came out with a song called Ali Ali Oxen Free. And then a new band, Belvedere. I listened to that earlier. Which one? Authority Zero. Isn't it good? Well, I don't know. Yeah, if you like I thought it was Zero. pretty good. And then Belvedere, they came out with a song called Good Grief Retreat. So it's like, if you want that old Offspring punk sound, and you're definitely not getting it with this new Offspring song, you should check out those three songs. Uh, Genesis Owasu is a song I sent you, Josh. Yeah, no, that was good. What did you think funky. of it? Yeah, it's a funky I, rock song. So good. I wasn't sure how I felt. And then I kept listening and I was like, okay. Like, I think it started out weird, but then I, it, it grew on me. Um, it definitely has that, like, uh, it has, like, slight Gambino vibes. Like, yeah, I'm going to make it's weird and funky. Like, I was getting Thundercat vibes from it, but it's big yes. Thundercat fan. I love Thundercats. So check out that song, Genesis Owasu, Gold Chains. Uh, let's see. AFI, Looking Tragic. If you are 
a fan of Bajas, keep that in mind going into this. They do not sound like old AFI, but they do sound like goth rock. So if you're oh, yeah. into newer goth rock, you're going to enjoy this. Like, I like it. But you're not going to get that scream. That's never coming back. This is a different band. <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, that's going to be it. I for I could go through some a few what the fucks songs, but that's I'm I'm tired. There's a few more, but I'm just gonna write them down later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two what the fuck songs. Uh, my first one is Post Malone's cover of "Only Want to Be with You" by Hootie and the Boat Blowfish. Um, that came up on my released radar, and I was like, the timelines are converging in a way that I did not see that they would. I did not foresee this. It's not even so. I'm putting it on here not because it's bad. I was just not, about to say it's not that bad. It's not bad, but I'm just like, what, 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 why? <laughs> no. Why does it exist? Um, you know, whatever. It's it's like I said, it's not even that bad. Post Malone is uh, like, um, I I, re- I realized a couple years ago when Post Malone put out some songs that I that I like that I'm more turned off by the way that post malone looks and acts sometimes than his actual music um i think like he's put out some pretty good songs um and this song's not bad i just um his session where he covered nirvana was pretty good yeah no that's what i'm saying like he's (laughs) and then that's the other thing is like and then you see him like do an interview and he's actually pretty normal too like he's not it's it's i should say looks and acts it's mostly just how he looks like just like oh those tattoos man i don't know (laughs) but Anyway, that's that's the get off my lawn in, in me. But and then <laughs> my second one is uh, Here Comes the Shock by Green Day. And this definitely is on here uh, because I was reminded last week how good Green Day used to be. Yep. And I didn't like I didn't like Mother of All Motherfuckers. Um, and I don't even know that it was because Mother of All Motherfuckers was bad. It was just such a departure from what Green Day has been. And I don't like that like vocal effect that Billy is doing on all, all of the songs. And this was just like a continuance of that, like that weird vocal effect. It's like, why aren't you just like, I feel bad. Like I'm saying this and maybe there's like something wrong with his throat or like that. Maybe, maybe it's not a stylistic choice. Maybe he's like trying to cover something up. But um I just I don't like the way that sounds and it, it like immediately turns me off. What's funny is I hated that song too, but I hated it because it was super repetitive over and over in the chorus. Well that too. I and mean, not yeah. shocking us. But actually the verses I didn't find terrible, which is what you're talking about cuz he had that vocal effect on. Yeah. And, and also just... towards the end of the song it sounds like he snorts cocaine. Oh. Yeah, I don't like, think I listened to oh, wow. that sound. I didn't listen there's to it that part. part. That goes, that's the thing. Yeah, like it's like, oh, are you saying you're doing coke, and that's the point of the "Here Comes the Shock" part of the song? <laughs> Anything be. else? Nope, that's it. Those are my two. I've got one because you took the other one. <laughs> um, I used to be really into this band. Well, not really. I enjoyed this band, Tomahawk, back in the 2000s early 2000s they were creative and i enjoyed their rock style they were huh they're artists Uh, they came out with a song now that's called dog eat dog and it sounds like a b-side to like a maynard side project and it's like repetitive it's just like eat dog eat eat dog and it's like 
nothing as good as what they were doing back in the 2000s. I guess that's it's I was kind of excited to see they had a new song. It was terrible. That was the point I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean that's that's how it is sometimes. Doug, do you have anything? Did you come across anything uh, weird this week? Like what? The I fuck? did. I don't. I, I kind of. I mean, it depends on how you feel about it. I mean, I, I don't know how either of you feel about bluegrass music. Um, don't have a lot. So of personally, music. I'm I'm pretty big into. I like a lot of old bluegrass. I'm a big like old Crow Medicine Show fan. I like like Carolina Chocolate Drops. Um, that really old, you know, just bluegrassy feel, you know, where sometimes it's not even a drum. Um, but so this is about a uh, this artist, uh, Billy Strings, who's actually from Lansing, uh, and very talented musician all around. Um, puts out some really, really good uh, bluegrass music. He's got a song called "Dust in a Baggie" about getting arrested for having just a little bit of math on you. But uh, it's a pretty cool song. But he just recently released a duet, and this was a couple days ago with like a full blown like country artist named like Luke Combs. And I just feel like Billy Strings just sold out. I'm just going to say it right there. He really let me down just putting his name on this. I don't know what the fuck he did. I'm guessing he was playing, like, guitar and singing. But, like, it was just straight, like, it was, like, just pop country, except, like, the guitar sounded really nice. But I was, uh, I don't know, I was very just off-put and uh, just want Billy Strings to know if he's listening. I'm very disappointed. (laughs) Billy Strings, are you listening? Go back. Go back. Hey, hey, hey um, go back to your roots. If Chris Caraba could let Billy Strings know, because Chris Caraba <laughs> listens, that's going to be a bit for now on. <laughs> oh, I have one more, kind of. It's not even for me. It's technically from my wife. Okay. So today she's been listening to a lot of elevator music. Yeah. And she found a musician. <laughs> Wait, is that a called... band or you mean like. No, it's like elevator. a playlist she listens to. Okay, okay, okay. How would you describe the style? Just elevator music. Okay, I just wanted to be sure because you know how band names are. There was like a, remember that one band? It was like backseat headrest, and I was like, oh, we're really running out of band names here, aren't we? You should check out the musician Francis Monkman. It's some of the best. Like it was so good, and I know it's weird, but yeah, check that out. It's not new music. It's older, but it's wow. That's all. I want to throw that last one in. Oh yeah. I don't know that there's a worse kind of music than uh, like pop pandering pop country music. Like your Luke Bryan. Your, uh, so next yeah. week we're doing Luke like, Bryan on the episode. You will ne- so, you know, I've said, <laughs> I've said that nothing's off the table. Pandering pop country might be off the table. We'll see. I might yeah, do Billy, and call it there. Billy Strings letting, me, letting this doll down. Even letting this podcast down. We should do an album we both just know we're going to hate, like Nickelback's Silver Side Up or something. I, uh, as a third party, I would say that's a really cool idea. <laughs> like something we know both of us would be disgusted by. But actually, you can get creative like with it, too. Like you, could, you can really break down why you don't like that something. Well, I know one album we've talked about doing is I still want to do Limp Bizkit because I don't think it holds up. And we all eventually which, had a point in life. Which one? Chocolate Starfish? Yeah, or? Chocolate Starfish. Come on. <laughs> I ain't playing around here. I was going to say, because I, I feel like Faith still 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 slaps. I'm sorry. I haven't, I haven't listened to any in a long time. I'm assuming. All right. That's all we got for you. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I so 
I feel like it's not fair um, because I know we want to get going. um, And I know you probably bought like a million things, but I did. I actually bought a record this week and I wanted to share that. Or I should say a record I pre-ordered came in um, and I'm not going to get up and get it. But I got this the solo soundtrack uh, release from Mondo. Um, It's got like a hyperspace splatter on the um the records and it's got a really cool um like the album art is like pink and orange and sweet so that just came in yeah that sounds, that come that sounds out? awesome it looks cool by the way well the i mean the soundtrack's been out obviously for solo came out like years ago but this it just dropped on mondo shop like i don't know i pre-ordered it but it yeah it's uh just released recently so cool so if you have any that you really want to share, you can, but I just. <laughs> no, no. I finally got Portishead's Dummy, which is kind of a white whale I've been trying to get for a while. It's not even that hard, but I didn't want to order it online. Yeah. But. Wait, what, finding white whales is always good. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, I haven't bought anything in a while, unfortunately. Oh, and that. Uh, Bruce Dickinson album, Sam, or whatever, Samson. Samson. That was a fun one to pick up this week. Hell yeah. Samson. <laughs> All right, All right, well, that has been uh, episode 14 of B-Side Ourselves. Um, thank you for being thank- on, Doug. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Thank you so much for uh, having me. Uh, can I do a quick, just one more super fast plug? Like, just yeah. Say. So, yeah, just uh, check out uh, Former Critics. Uh, Possession 1981, uh, Chef Daddy D Love on Twitch, and going to have some other stuff coming out here eventually. Uh, so keep an eye out for just something else I'm doing. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Um, if you ever make shirts or stickers or something, please let me know, because I would love to represent you out in public. Oh, Aww. we will. We will. Thank you. Yeah. Hold yeah, on. We'll, I'll throw... Um... I will throw uh, the former critics band camp is already in there because it's the intro song, but I will also throw uh, links to your Twitch and uh, position 1981's uh, stuff in the show notes. So if I anyone's looking that for that stuff, that's our sticker eventually. Yeah. That's hey, the, hey. the B side boy. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, we need to figure out a cooler way to f- finish this. We're always like, Hey, okay, that's the end. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. Catch you guys next uh, week. Do you want... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say you got to end it with some more Iron Maiden. I don't uh, got anything pulled up. That's okay. They're going to hear some the former spot critics right at the very. They're going to hear some former <laughs> critics at the very end with the little uh, bumper. And uh, oh, we should let everyone know. So next week, in honor of thanks, pa- th- thanks, Patrick. Nope, Day. nope, wow. not next week. Is it not next week? Oh no, what's next week? Do we have We're anything? Off next? by a week. Next week, I want to do a hip hop album that you have to choose because we haven't done a hip hop album since. Uh, Outcast. Bangonio. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So next week we will be doing a hip hop album that I will choose off on air. On the fourteenth, we're doing um, a list episode on our favorite drinking songs in honor of St. Patrick's Day. There oh you yeah, go. that sounds sweet. I forgot that we yeah we moved up one week. Yeah. So next yeah. week will be another album review or whatever, and then then we'll do drink, drinking songs, which I'm excited about. I I have a hilarious premise that I'm going to uh, put out on the drinking episode. 
um, that I think that you're going to groan, but also laugh at, and I can't wait to unveil it. Good. Make them ridiculous. Let's do this. Let's get weird. Drinking songs. I think Doug's going to love it, too, because he's a fan of the band. That, uh, hey, don't that ruin I'm, it for me. You're I'm, building I'm it not, up. I'm not. I'm, I'm excited. Not, it's not a band that he's even mentioned today, so you have no idea. All so. right, text me what hip-hop album we're doing. <laughs> Okay, Vanilla Ice. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's a good idea. But yeah, okay, so again, this has been episode 14, and we will catch you guys next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schram. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Former Critics. Check them out at formercritics.bandcamp.com. <laughs>